Welcome to Overboost, a podcast interview series featuring discussions with speedrunners about their interest in all things gaming and speedrunning. I am your host, PMC Trilogy, and with me today is KZ Frew. How are you, Mr. Frew? Hello. I've had a nice Saturday. I hope you're well. Thank you. So, first off, I always like to touch in on current events with the people I'm interviewing. And recently, uh, I mean... There's 2020, but also on your stream, uh, you have been really grinding for a time in the 50-minute range uh, for the prime, I would say the prime, Vice City Any% percent category that is Any% percent no SSU. How is that going, and, and how do you feel about it? How do you feel about grinding for, for uh, you know a, a goal time like that? You know, it's really, uh, it's really fine. Uh, I think everybody kind of approached these uh, differently. And uh, really, I, I see the process kind of just as a whole thing, whether it's, uh, you know, I wake up and do a bunch of resets. That's that's the process. You, you wake up the next day, you get the best pace ever, and then you uh, just kind of psych yourself out of it. That's, that's the process. Uh, I think it's been really engaging. Uh, the people are into it because it's kind of been a meme. The fifty, right? <laughs> it's mm. it's very good. It's very good stream lore. So uh, I've been digging it. I'm excited to achieve that time because I, I think it's going to be probably uh, one of the most exciting speedrun achievements I've had in a while. Where it's just kind of like sometimes I get a PB and I'm like, all right, cool. There we go. Uh, and then maybe I don't pursue it further. But but I think the real real gold, the real diamonds. Uh, is when you really work for something and, and see the results and see the very tangible five zero and whatever two digits follow, um, hopefully as low as possible. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's been great. Sure, yeah, and just to give you know people an idea of the the scope of this, Vice City, of course, is a very popular video game and a very popular speed game. I, I went and checked on speedrun.com. I think there's just a little, like a few more than 300 different runners have submitted times for any percent no SSU, and having a, a 50 minute or less time puts you, I think, firmly in like the top seven or eight runners, right? Yes, uh, there's two 49s. And then five people, maybe four, with 50. Uh, it's soon to be more. Shane is going for 50. Shane XD, um, I'm going for 50. And as time goes on, I, I think people are finally starting to get good at this game. Uh, it's taken a long time, but it's really starting to uh, to look like we're pushing the boundaries here and getting really optimized times. Awesome. Yeah, we'll get a bit into that later. Uh, you know the overboost format is typically we're going to start a little bit with your personal history and then we'll dive I think into right now our plan is to dive into Vice City both uh, no SSU as well as all missions and then also talk a little bit about the sensation that was Miami Vice 2K4 good, uh, <laughs> good. very good <laughs> but first I want you to set the foundation for us I want you where where does gaming start for you? Was a, a particular friend, family members? Where where does that come into your life? Going back to gaming, uh, disappointedly, perhaps the first game I play uh, is not is not something I can verify for you. I was too young; I don't remember. But uh, my my parents had an NES, and I believe they uh, they let me play a little bit of Super Mario Brothers. So maybe that's the first game, right? But I have. I have memories uh, 
that I strongly associate with foundations of my gaming besides that moment, which apparently was hard for my parents to tear me away. Uh, my dad kind of created a monster in me in this regard. He he would mention a lot um, about, oh, I'm going to get you a PlayStation. Son, I'm going to get you a PlayStation. And he would hype that up. And I didn't know what a PlayStation was. <laughs> I did not. I all I all The toys I had played with at the time, the way I'd occupied myself as a child up to that point, the standard things, Lego sets, car sets, uh, riding the bike, riding the scooter. I had a Razor scooter. Uh, the, a Razor scooter? Yeah, I had a Razor okay. scooter. I had a, yeah, I had the Razor scooter game as well. Uh, but that was a bit later. Anyway, uh, then he gets a PlayStation and it's video games. And I was astounded i also have good memories of uh going over to the neighbor's house they had it in 64 they had super mario 64 that was that was a very fun game very very enjoyable always looked forward going over there um to the neighbor's house but yeah um and then i just kind of drifted into you know the sixth generation is it ps2 uh, was primarily my console, and, and Grand Theft Auto was a big title on that console. And uh, I learned about Grand Theft Auto Vice City, perhaps uh, one of the most impactful games for me, uh, from from the elementary school playground, as mm, you do. A fine place. <laughs> Best place to learn about, you know, M-rated video games. Uh, about the crime world. So, yeah telling me about. no I, I hear that i i think uh, my first exposure to gta 3 was they had a ps2 in the back room at the art school that i was uh taking drawing lessons at uh maybe not the best thing to bring home from drawing <laughs> lessons but uh, what are you gonna do so now okay so at, at that point you you had vice city in that case i would say probably f- fairly near to what to when it came out now, of course you, you weren't you were probably weren't doing speed runs of it then uh, but that was something. Would you say the PS2 was like your your first, like your console? Was that something that you would have you would have uh, maybe saved up and bought as a child of money, or is that like? Um, because I know you you saw it, like your father really went out of his way to give you the PlayStation One. Like that was like you know almost <laughs> just sort yeah. of like here, son. No, I think the 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 PlayStation was uh, whether it was a gift, Christmas gift, a. Uh, birthday gift i can't remember but i know for sure the the ps2 was was that as well i think that was i think that was a um birthday gift um the the unfortunate thing i don't know if you know this about me actually uh i had a house fire when i was young so um some some belongings perhaps (laughs) a good portion of them were were perished so Mm -hmm. um that didn't mean that I lost a lot of the classic PS1 games. I know I played a lot of uh, Spider-Man 2 Inner Electro. That was a fun game. Really classic PSX game. And, uh, you know, a lot of these copies of... <laughs> all my copies of Spider-Man 2 are gone. But no. Um, and so at, at some time, I had to rebuild up that, uh, that collection. Uh, it was a modest collection. But uh, I remember we, we got some stuff from the American Cross, uh, a Genesis, in fact, that came with like five or a little little box of Genesis games that uh, like five or six of them were NBA Jam. Uh, was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so so that, was, uh, that was a good way to, to occupy the time. But cool. So now now going forward from there, 
Uh, I'm wondering what's sort of the the next step in your journey here. Did, were you do you, have, you remember a first exposure to speedrunning even before you tried it yourself? Uh, so you know, I had I had the MMO phase, um, uh, the Toontown. Phase. Are you? Well, I do remember your MMO wife. Yeah. So that was that's <laughs> essential. That's if, hopefully my MMO wife is not listening to this. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I remember that era of of time maybe early uh mid mid 2000s maybe creeping into the late 2000s uh this was when google video was uh maybe at its prime this was before youtube even was purchased by google Mm -hmm, Uh, right they were separate services (laughs) at all yeah a very long time ago it's hard to remember that but i i remember just looking up uh gaming videos all the time I'd, I'd look up uh gary's mod and from gary's mod you drift into half-life and from half-life you drift into uh maybe the very famous uh, spider waffle half-life one uh scripted run and that was astounding to me i was like i you know i saw you see a lot of things in speedrunning that you just did not know were possible in in games maybe at all and that that was fascinating to me so from there, you find uh, taskvideos.org, you find Speedrun Archives, oh, Speed Demos Archives, sorry, which was a very prominent source uh, at the time. For, for yeah, and I mean, that's its heyday, it's the late 2000s, that's, that's when it's when everyone's still on forums. Yeah, and this was a, this was a, a time when video was still a very much a capital T thing that you had to, like, download and watch locally, it's just... Uh, you know, speed, the internet speeds were, were not up to cuss, so you'd watch very blurry videos on, on your browser, if at all. So, so yeah, I, I got, I've, I've always had this sort of, uh, at, at the very least, cursory interest. And it wasn't until a few years later that live streaming and uh, GDQ came into play. I, I remember, I, I'm sure you saw the segment with, uh, with Mike. At, uh, at GDQ talking about the origins of GDQ and the the technical difficulties they faced in getting classic games done quick to even run because it was a, a phenomenal thing at the time to just have a game feed and then also have a webcam of, of people playing said game. Like, this was still very a new thing. And Twitch was very new. Um, 2011, 2012... Uh, I was gonna say I don't think Twitch is even a thing until I think it's mid 2012. Yeah. You know, it's amazed of all the people I've I've interviewed so far. Just to mention kind of Uberboost history, it's really been interesting. I've already had several guests who are actually already streaming on like Justin TV. I think both both Pythonicus and Peaches were were actually streaming pre Twitch, which is really incredible to me because I think you know I, you know I it was not something I enc- I encountered until FGC videos uh, like you know, really brought it to my attention like watching Evo and things like that yeah um so you know there were, there were pioneers out here on, on Justin it's really really incredible I didn't know that even uh, that Pythonicus was on JTV that's how I, like I I had checked out JTV I watched a little before players podcast I remember at that time. Um, Day nine is what really got me on Twitch, uh, just as a as a viewer, because he was doing daily StarCraft two shows, and this was big at the time, and I was really, really into StarCraft. Like at at this point in in my life, I had been devoted to a number of games, 
my namesake KZ um, in my handle KZ Fruit. That's in reference to Creeds, which is uh, climbing maps in 1.6. Just a little bit of 3D platforming. I've, I've done a lot of that. 3D per first-person platforming, I should say. Um, StarCraft II was uh, was very big for me. Uh, I quite enjoyed uh, just refining and improving myself. And in that video game, uh, this was kind of the rise of esports, uh, at least in in North America, uh, in Western Europe. Uh, was StarCraft II that that was uh, very foundational? You had very foundational organizations like MLG. Uh, kind of taking this around the country, and then you had personalities like Day Nine, uh, just really getting people into it. And and I I could consider Day Nine to be one of my biggest uh, influences, just at all, just as a human, because uh, he is wonderful. He's very engaging, uh, empathetic, and conversational. Just very good at conveying really important topics uh, in a manner that I could digest at. What is what was still a, an impressionable age, you know, uh, junior, senior in high school. So I th- I think in coming to speedrunning uh, a couple years later, if that, uh, I took a lot of what I learned about just learning or just attitude or whatever, you know, competitive competitive mindset, improving yourself, uh, all this all this very important thing, uh, very important things. Uh, I brought that from day nine from StarCraft into uh, into speedrunning. Yeah, no, I, I think what you're talking about is exactly right because I, when I think to early early Twitch, I, I think of three things: I think of speedrunning, F- fighting game community, and StarCraft Two esports. I think that's absolutely uh, oh, right yeah. to bring that up. That even even me, who really wasn't that much into StarCraft Two, uh, you know, I, I definitely recognize that. You know, folks like Day Nine and and StarCraft Two. Uh, I was really into it. So, what now? You said you were doing Creed's climbing, and like, and let's be honest here, Creed's climbing, which is you know time trials and these sort of platforming one point six maps, is already itself, uh, I think, sort of a, a form of speedrunning, but it's not quite speedrunning in the way I think a lot of people think of speedrunning, which is like, you know, a whole game with maybe live split, you know, a timer open or something like that. Uh, what's your first foray into speedrunning then? Uh, well, if we want to go back there, uh, to, <laughs> to, to creeds, which is a good, it's a, it's a, it's fair. I, I never thought of it. It's really. in your name. So it may yeah. be worth talking about. Yeah. I never really thought of it as speed running weirdly enough. Cause that, that term wasn't really used like, yeah, the, we, we called them runs, you know, like, oh, that's a good run. But I, you know, I just never really, I've already just mentally just had this weird disassociation between like speed running and that topic and that community and separately the creeds community um yeah i really i really got into that thanks to i guess you could say just custom like counter-strike source maps custom counter-strike source servers i you know curious little me uh i don't god how old was i 13 14 i don't know somewhere around there just kind of going through the server list for css and i'm like what I'm like, what the hell is a surf map? And I, this is tangently uh, related, solid, like, you know, movement based, just fun stuff in the game. So I, I check out surf maps and I'm like, oh, this is, this is how this, this is what this is. This is really cool. I never really thought of playing Counter Strike in this way, just kind of gliding around on 
angular surfaces. That was really cool. And so I would check out uh, fan sites, uh, Counter-Strike fan sites, if you would. The places like FPS Banana. Um, that, that's gone by another name now, maybe Game Banana or something. But uh, there was a lot of Counter-Strike resources, um, mods, skins, um, you know, before all of this was monetized. And of course, maps, and they had surf maps, and they had climb maps. I'm like, what the hell is a climb map? I checked that out, and that's really engaging me. I, I couldn't tell you why. I just think it's it's hard to it's it's hard to say. I, I think if you look at like a a proper climb map, like a like a Creed's block map, it's it's a sort of look, an aesthetic, an architecture that you don't see like anywhere else in games, and I think that's really cool. It's really cool to be able to jump up something, uh, turn around and, and just look down at like all of the uh, ground you have covered. Just be like, wow, I have ascended very, very high just by pressing the space bar. Um, nonetheless, there have been communities formed around just optimizing your times from from A to B, top to bottom in these in these maps. And I got into um, KZ mod, the Creed's Climbing Half-Life 2 mod. That is uh, <clears throat> free on Steam. If you want to check that out, because I've I've made content for that game. It's in the game. I have content on Steam. I'm technically a game developer. I could say that and be mm. correct. Put that on your CV. Yeah, I could. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we worked for a few years on that. Um, some really good, some really good guys. Um, Millet, I remember a Finnish uh, map developer. He made some very famous Creed's maps. Um, one day just spectating me in a server and he said, uh, you're really good. You should, you should try and, uh, record some maps or record some maps. I don't know. It, they call it record because you would record a demo of yourself playing. So uh, at any rate, I was like, okay, sure. So I kind of did a few casual runs. I put them on the website and I was like, that was fun. I'll do more of that. I'll take this a little more seriously because I just like to idly play. You just get better as as you do that. And then I was like, really, started getting into it. Uh, I got a lot of times, got a lot of records. Uh, that that community is uh, not so much around anymore. Just uh, in general, the source modding community, at least of uh, the Half Life Two era, moved on to other things. But definitely, definitely one of the foundational pillars for me. That that whole community in general, not just Creed's climbing, but like Source Forts. Um, the very, very popular ones. Uh, I remember during the era of us all waiting on Team Fortress 2, there were at least one or two Half-Life 2 mods uh, made uh, the, the own styling, their own styling of, of Team Fortress. So it was all very Yeah, fun. no, I definitely... That was definitely a, a very foundational area, I feel like, for for a lot of, uh, of, of first-person shooters and things like that. And that's also a community... Because you're still involved with that somewhat now, right? In in that you, I know you've done uh, commentary for some recent events in Creed's climbing, right? Yeah. So the community uh, extreme jumps is, um, you know, I still I still chat them up sometimes, just still keep in touch, and and they kind of it's really it's really interesting uh, because you, you clearly. Get, you get to a point where maybe you don't realize it, but like uh, there's a period of time in your life that's passed, right? And that that, that chapter is perhaps uh, closed. No, nothing is so like binary one to zero in life where it's like, okay, this is 
you you are doing this and this is now over and now you are on to this part it's like you know obviously i'm still involved but in a lot of ways i've i've moved on to do other things um it, i don't want to necessarily say bigger and better things right that's kind of the ideas you want to move forward in life but uh so i they all kind of know about me and gdq and and twitch and all this and and you mm -hmm. know my brand and like i it's never really something where i've it's not like i've come back home and said hey guys check out all of the hot shit i am doing you know i don't pull up in my bins or whatever it's just something that they i guess know about me now and that's really cool and in my last endeavor of of really being engaged with this community and and helping them put on this uh this broadcast for their their last tournament here it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of people in, in the community now that i don't necessarily know there's some old faces for sure and um you know that all these all these guys knew me all these guys knew about uh the the personal branding and they were sharing around one of my one of my gdq vods they were like yeah check it out it's it's kang that's how they know me is kang is like kang check him out he's he's doing this thing he's playing vice city and that's really cool to have uh to have that sort of backing that sort of support um even though i don't necessarily you know hop on servers and play every day anymore yeah, no, that's really great to see. I mean, honestly, it's it's always an affirming thing, even if you're not fully a part of it, or, or actually fully a part of it, but even if it's not sort of like where you're maybe <laughs> setting up camp on a nightly basis, to be, you know, related or to have uh, associations of communities that are, you know, welcoming and affirming uh, is really cool. It's it's just, it's, a, it's the good part of the internet. It's when the internet works well. Oh, yeah. Um, so how do we get from from creeds climbing, you know, idly playing, improving, challenging yourself to go faster? How do we get from there to to Vice City? Uh, well, we made the stop at StarCraft. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, I'm not there for that. We got we got our build order together. <laughs> yeah, we did. We played a lot, Saren. We got Masters. Uh, and then uh, you know, uh, speed running. Uh, formerly me actually starting to sit down and speed run. That was uh, that was a post high school. Thing. Sure, I, I graduated in 2012. Uh, I know you probably just aged a bit hearing that. Holy shit! I'm a ghost now. I'm a fucking ghost. There's me. Look, I just put put my face in the uh, in our call. Okay, please continue. So anyway, uh, yeah, no, I this was around the time I had found uh, some of the early GDQs. Uh, it's not something I watched live, but we're, we're talking about GDQ 2012, 2013, 2011 even and uh you know it, it kind of gave speed running for me and for a lot of people this this new face i i really don't think you can understate just how much gdq has uh effectively created a culture out of out of this but uh, that's sort of what happened you know and so i i was like this is this is really cool i want to as as most people would say with speedrunning, you know, they probably have some kind of um, thought to the effect of this is really cool. I want to try it, so I, I tried. I tried what would you might consider some random games. Uh, Dead Space, I played uh, on the PS3, and I timed with W Split, and I did not record any of this because I didn't. I didn't really have the capabilities. I did some. Um, some crash team racing. And, th and that was when I created the KZ Fru account. Mm -hmm. um, I had been on Twitch before, but I just wanted to like, okay, if I'm going to speed run, I want to post this under another name. 
um, just kind of dump it somewhere. And so November 2013, I was doing some Crash Team Racing runs, and uh, my first viewer, the first person to talk in my chat was Hypnoshark. Shout out mm. to Hypnoshark, who just got partnered recently, Crash Team Racing extraordinaire. He was doing it Damn, back then. Damn, congrats. I know. Uh, he, was, he was doing it back then. Um, and I've told this story a few times, but he just, he just types in my chat and I'm mid-run. And I, I didn't have microphones set up. I was sort of streaming just my, my emulator and the timer, as you do. Um, I didn't have a microphone or camera or anything. And he types, and I want to type back to him. So I, I tab out of my emulator to type in a, in response to what he's saying and i crash my emulator and reset my splits <laughs> in the process <laughs> so i i hid for many months after that in a cave out of embarrassment uh and when i reemerged, i got into vice city actually uh i i spent some time lurking on on the speedrun subreddit um and i feel like the scene was just so much smaller back way way smaller but uh, Adam AK was very, very active at the time, uh, 2012, 2013, before then. And it's the summer of 2014, and Vice City is about to change forever because um, a, a, someone you could call a lurker in, in speedrunning as well, Bastant2, posted a video of him buying a, a property in Vice City without paying money for it. And that's a huge deal because vice city is very um strict with the amount of money it gives its player and that is a uh, that's a hurdle you have to navigate through in the speed run so the the idea of being able to eliminate a huge portion of that burden or just eliminate it altogether uh is a very very exciting thing so i saw that thread it was very it was very much upvoted as you would say, had a few hundred, and I was like, oh, this is, this is a big deal. I like Vice City. I like Grand Theft Auto. I would not consider it, um, you know, a, a fandom I was particularly involved with in any way. I, I got pretty into it. You know, I thought San Andreas was an amazing, amazing experience. Just this very large, uh, I could never, I've never played a video game that's maybe impressed me as much as San Andreas because the scale, the scope, of it compared to Vice City is uh, insane. So that's something that really latched on to me uh, when I was younger. And also Vice City, of course. You know, most of, most of the games I had played didn't have the scale of Vice City either at the time. Uh, so to also have San Andreas just kind of hit you in the face with uh, what felt like another world entirely was something else. So yeah, those games I think really gave you the the sense of sandbox in in a way that was was hard to convey at the time. I, I think you know, it's really if you didn't grow up in that era of like GTA Three, Vice City, San Andreas, kind of expanding the idea of a open world that you can play in, like that really is a thing that that impressed people, and I, I think anyone from that generation it stuck with them. Yeah, it was uh, it was really unbelievable. It did stick with me, and uh, you know that's kind of how it cemented the the name grand theft auto in in my mind and so you know i had revisited the games a little bit as an adult uh played you know a few playthroughs uh played some grand theft auto 3 a game i did not encounter in my youth um as i just i skipped straight to vice city and then san andreas when i was younger but 
yeah, so I was like, you know, I'll... I saw this and I'll check it out. I checked out Vice City Runs before. Um, and, you know, when at that time, the first thing you see in a Vice City Run is several rounds of a minigame to grind money. And so me evaluating this as a speedrunner at the time, I'm like, this doesn't seem too interesting. Um, <laughs> the thought of having... And of course, that's, that's the Cone Crazy minigame that you're referring to. Yeah, Cone cone Crazy. It's a... Uh, you have several checkpoints on a uh, parking lot rooftop, and you go around navigating the cones, uh, trying not to smash them. And uh, you you actually double your money every time you win, so you would just you know, power of two exponentially up to like $64,000 you'd get you'd get that reward and then you would go on your merry way because at that point you have like well over 100k but yeah, so that takes uh, several minutes even if you're very, very good at it which top runner at the time, Racktrot was, was pretty good so as a runner I was like this is not something I really want to drift into um and of course, I, I revisit it later thanks to that speedrun thread post on the Reddit, and uh, and you know here we are. <laughs> it's just yeah, no, we'll we'll get into that I think a little bit more. Uh, but before we dive into the specific runs and really maybe talk more about about Vice City, I wanted to get some some takes because I love takes. Okay. They they fuel me. They hung. They they nourish me. You got my take on uh, milk the other day. I did. <laughs> I did. Oh, sour. Uh, so of, of all the runs you've done, maybe this is an easy one. What is your favorite, uh, game to speed run? Um, no, it is, it is, I'm, I'm sorry to bore you, but it's probably is Vice City. Yeah, I figured that was probably <laughs> easy, but I need to know, uh, on the opposite end, what's the worst game that you've ever done a speed run of? <laughs> all right, um, let me, let me just revisit my own speed run, uh. Oh, Who's I have page? this up already. Oh, it's great. This good. is this every time I do this. You know, uh, I I think out of uh, a lot of people, perhaps one of my of my profiles, perhaps one of the most erratic, um, <laughs> in terms of all sorts of things. Not platform. I'm, I'm generally, I generally stick to PC, uh, but I've done a bunch of what people would consider random things. Uh, Paratopic, for example, short indie horror game. Um coming in at just a little over 20 minutes uh right under that is sheep raider that's a looney tunes game um originally on the ps1 also for some reason at a pc release i do not have a very good time in that man is it croc 2 uh, is it croc 2 is it croc 2 I you were gung-ho about croc 2 for like a few weeks <laughs> i think i remember that period of time yeah <laughs> you remember that you remember when you were gung-ho about croc 2 I, I think maybe i uh something was in my food and uh, <laughs> i had a parasite in my brain just had me play croc 2 for a bit uh all the way at the bottom is a very a very bloody skeleton in my closet nicktoons racing on the game boy advance uh, that was world record once, but of course now I think it's owned by Abney, the uh, absolute madman. No, who was the KT the Creeper? Oh man, this guy now has Nicktoons racing. Anyway, to answer your question, yes. What's what's the one? Hmm, it's uh. I'm not going to say Nicktoons Racing because that was that was Paramount, right? That's part of my history. It might it might be. Ah, oh, gonna upset. People. 
Yeah, it's jack to any percent hover. Now, the Ooh. reason is, now, the reason is not, I, I love the Jack boys. They love me. Uh, you know, outrageous Josh, GamePro, uh, Josh, um, uh, reports. It's very funny on Twitter. I love these individuals. They're very welcoming and wholesome. They, they've got a great community going on there. But Jack 20% Hoverless is a crappy category because it doesn't do one of the main important bits of tech. The hover. I just did not do that because I, I don't know, I'm a lazy degenerate. That's probably probably the worst one. Croc 2, there's some real there's some real depth there, I would say. Um, so it's not that one. Thematically, it's easy to pick that one part. But no, that's fine. Sheep Raider... Uh, that's also fine. That might be like the second. Paratopic is important. And that's important. Can't we can't say no? That's foundational to um to fast bad. I would say paratopic. Yeah, that might be. <laughs> so, <laughs> that really just sort of petty rivalries. We need to uh, respect the history. Yeah. Truly, nothing. Nothing drives down the record time for a speedrun quite like a petty rivalry oh, over truly uh, insane gameplay mechanics. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> we need to we respect Paratop. All right, so let's let's move over to, to Vice City now. Now, in prepping for this, uh, I did rewatch two specific vods. I think one of them a lot of people are probably familiar with, and that is the uh, the AGDQ twenty nineteen. Uh, GD uh, Vice City any percent no SSU vod, uh, and then also I watched the uh, Vice City all missions uh, from Shots Fired Resurrection, uh, which you know would have taken place this past November. And I think the the first thing I'm kind of interested in is I want to talk a little bit about I want you maybe to give for for the uh, the listener a because you already mentioned it I think which was the mechanic that allows you to purchase assets without having the money for them is the use of this PC only feature called a replay. And uh, that's one of the useful parts of a replay. Uh, But there's really a ton of things that are done with replays. Um, Can you maybe give us an an intro into what a replay is and why it breaks the game so hard? So replays, um, where do we start? (laughs) <laughs> there's there's a- well tell us what a replay is supposed to be okay maybe. so in in the pc as as pmc has mentioned pc edition of vice city of gta 3 of san andreas you you have this function of the game that is not really well advertised um it's might it might be mentioned in the readme.txt of these games where it's they kind of threw it in as a little bonus a little funzy bit where you can just Something crazy happens in the game. You can watch it back. You can press the F1 key and you can get a good solid uh, up to 30 seconds, really, of uh, of what has immediately just happened. So uh, you can save this to a file if you press F2. Uh, it actually saves a file on your hard drive in the uh, in one of the game's directories. And you can watch that back at any time by pressing the F3 button. So you can manipulate your replay to just be very little short bursts of 
speed run critical things like um like standing over an in-game icon because you can access these by proxy just through the replay that's not an intended part of the replay likely i I would pretty much guarantee that's not intended but it's it's something that they either didn't know about or just kind of left in because the use case of that is so so super specific like the amount of people that are going to use replays, you know, com- uh, compared to the people that are just going to play the game, perhaps never know about it. Let alone the people who are going to play the game, know about the replay feature, and then inadvertently have a replay where they walk over something, and it triggers. Uh, like I don't know how they specifically designed this feature. Um, I just know that it is essential to to the lifeblood of Vice City. You can do all sorts of things. You can interact with all sorts of in-game objects you can interact with rampage icons and sort of trigger things inadvertently you can get movement and cutscenes by uh playing a close replay as it's known picking up a close icon on a replay and just playing that at your will yeah i mean so anytime you see those those pink icons and you already mentioned two of them uh well really in effect we mentioned three because we mentioned close we mentioned uh the rampage mm-hmm. the property buy uh and then also things that you pick up in missions uh the the rifle on on guardian angels uh save icons uh you know briefcase on on juju scramble for example we're talking about all missions uh, one thing i you know so those things it's a pretty common thing in speedrunning that if you somehow start a cutscene, uh the game will place you or it wants to place you at the end of the cutscene. So like that for that for example is one way that the replay system is used to accomplish warps because the game is going to assume well if you went into the icon to start the cutscene during Guardian Angels we're going to place you after that cutscene where we think you should be uh, but of course you know you weren't anywhere near there you just happened to have a replay that walked over that icon uh, that that teleported you. Um, and and I was really impressed. I went through. I made notes on all the different use cases of of close replays because close replays in particular, uh, the utility of these <laughs> is truly astounding. It is immense. It's so good. I want to see. I want to see. So I I I cited four different uses for close replays in my notes. I'm curious what if if I had to say, give me four uses for close replays. What would you say? Uh, let's see. Movement and cutscenes, speed up fades, yep. um, cancel the knockdown animation. Um, You're already doing better. I mean, I didn't even write those two. <laughs> Fade skips. Uh, put out, uh, put out fires knock. is another yep, one. That's one of the ones okay, I good. put down. Good. Uh, let's see uh, if I missed any more. Oh, obviously, um, once a level at or below yep. two. And then there's one other one that that even me obviously I I never did fade skip or or skipping knockdown animation, uh-huh. but this last use for close replays is something that I even I PMC would have done in runs. Is it uh, Flintstones moded vehicles? Or no, no it's it was, the um, it's breaking the the uh, auto scroller. Yep, yeah, that's exactly it. The fire rate. So one of the so the close replays again are a replay where uh, let's you know the close store in the replay you're picking up the close icon. And just replaying this uh, allows you to gain control of your character during cutscenes, allows you to get rid of wanted stars, uh, to skip all sorts of things, to unlock your fire rate during the rail shooting sequences. It's really uh, amazing. Um, you know, another concept for this, this speedrun that I wanted to, to dive in on, we kind of touch on it here in terms of the 
cutscene uh, control thing. But I also think this ties into another use of the replay, which is the uh, typically what's done with the the rampage replays, which is to abuse the on mission flag. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about like on mission flag abuse? So, <clears throat> Vice City, uh, the way it is structured, you are either on a mission or you're not on a mission. You know, sometimes I call this free roam mode. Uh, you know, known quote unquote professionally amongst amongst people uh, in, in GTA speedrunning as on mission one or on mission zero because um, it is a flag, true or false. So this is independent of mission scripts, which actually kind of trolls. I don't want to say the gameplay, but it, it spawns all the mission objects. It spawns all the mission enemies. It it spawn. It has the mission structure where you know you go here, you do this, you do that, that sort of thing. That is all independent of on mission one or on mission zero. So the distinction there is important because normally. Uh, at any given time, if you activate a mission script, it's also going to put you into on mission one. Now, you can, through replays, um, align it so that two things happen at once that both trigger on mission one. In this case, rampages trigger on mission one. So a good way to sort of break out of this intended state is um, submission starting a rampage. Now that's uh, when you get into a an emergency vehicle, for example, a ambulance, a fire truck, a police car. You have access to a little mini game. You can trigger it just by um, pressing pressing a button. You just press a button, and boom! Like text on your screen appears says "firefighter," and you get uh, like a a uh, little fire to put out, that sort of thing. You could cancel this at will at any time. So the idea here is you make a replay of a rampage icon, yourself just kind of standing over that. Uh, You go find an emergency vehicle, typically a cop car or an ambulance, um, and then you activate the submission while watching back the replay of the rampage icon. These two things will happen at once. Boom, boom. And you've got two missions activated. And you're on mission one. Now you can then just cancel your emergency vehicle mission. And when that is canceled, the game is like, okay, he's ending the mission. He's no longer doing the firefighter. He's no longer doing the ambulance. He's no longer doing the the vigilante in the cop car. So it's on mission zero. Uh, But now you you still have the rampage going. So in this way... Um, rampages are tied to a two-minute timer, generally. So at the end of the two-minute timer, the rampage expires. If you've not completed the objective of killing X amount of people, um, you've technically failed it. And then that's when you would go back to on mission zero. So at this juncture, you can, um, with what's what known as an on mission zero rampage, since you're on the rampage on mission zero, you can start a mission, storyline mission, and then Rampage runs out, and now you're still on the storyline mission, but you're on mission zero. And this can get really interesting because you can, you're obviously in a game state that was never intended. So you, you push the boundaries a bit, you explore this. Turns out, you know, you can do a various number of things. You can uh, 
generally, most of the time, crash the game. <laughs> yeah, that's the usual outcome. <laughs> that's usually what happens. Uh, you can you can start the exact same mission twice. A lot of times, is a process known as duping. So, uh, what happens when you start certain missions twice? Well, some interesting things happen. Uh, for example, if you start Jerry Fury twice, um, you have then caused this incidental act of sort of passing it almost immediately because you have objects in this mission that you're supposed to damage you spawn two sets of them they've spawned on top of each other they damage each other and then the mission is complete so that is one tactic used in the speedrun a tech a strat whatever you want to term it um that is something used in in the speedrun uh alternatively you dupe loose ends for example, you kill a certain set of guys, you get in a helicopter, you chill outside the ice cream factory, you pause and unpause a bunch, and you have delivered three vehicles at Sunshine Autos. There you go. That's sort of how insane it can get here. <laughs> uh, and it's just really great. I think this adds uh, plenty to the speedrun. It's, cer- it's certainly extremely nuanced contextual knowledge that I'm kind of trying to impart in the most general way. It's, it's uh, a task I have tried to refine over the years here. Yeah, it can be. You know, it's definitely the sort of stuff that can be. It can be hard to convey. I think it's one of the reasons that, for for the purposes of, of this interview, I've tried to sort of convey it in the idea of of looking at the tools, you know, and maybe some example missions. Because certainly, I think when you get to what you're talking about, when it comes to uh, the way that <laughs> the way that like being being on a mission, but being able to start another mission will cause the script to advance. Uh, is you know is it's unpredictable and uh, certainly has a lot of uh, weird effects. Um, so we we've already kind of talked a little bit about any percent no SSU and I, I think some of the stuff that we've discussed really you know applies to that jury fury for example. Um, the thing that you were just talking about with mission scripts, the sort of the the, the secret sauce of why any percent no SSU is so short. Uh, is because of this mission script advancing, which gives us the uh, the cherry poppers insta pass. Do you want to just go over, like mention that real quick? So I will say, um, I what I recited earlier was actually a hundo strat. It wasn't necessarily insta pass. I'm sorry if it caused any confusion, but yes, uh, insta passing is huge, huge tech that sounds made up um, <laughs> in in a number of ways. Now. The uh, the one that is people are going to be most frequently uh, encountering as whether a spectator or runner of any person OSSU is is when you get in the ice cream van and you've suddenly completed the ice cream van mission. How does that how does that happen? Well, it's it's more of this on mission abuse where you um, you start hit the courier a print works mission a required storyline mission. And then, in some, uh, however you want, you break out of on mission one, so you can have that mission going while in free roam mode. Uh, at any point during this mission, if you get in the ice cream van um, outside of the ice cream factory asset, that triggers its own mission distribution. Now, when you complete this mission distribution, uh, it gives you the property you know you've completed the property you've completed an objective in the game and um you need to do a number of these 
in order to unlock the third act, the final, uh, the penultimate, and then the final mission. Uh, you need to have a number of assets, quote-unquote. So Ice Cream Factory is one of them. Uh, I mentioned Printworks. That's another one. So if you're on Hit the Courier, you get in the Ice Cream Van on Mission Zero. You've started distribution. Now, you're not supposed to start two missions on top of each other like that. And um, what happens is it takes the, uh, the second mission, starts with the... Um, offset if you want to that's technically the term uh within the script of the first one so the script will start at position say 500 instead of position zero where it normally does and incidentally the the code the the instructions located at position 500 in the script uh give you a, a plus one to your asset counter uh, but it does not complete the mission, actually. So you still have access to this mission. And therein lies the secret sauce, as he's mentioned, where you can just do this again. You get another asset. You can do it again. You get another one. You do it again. You get another one. And so uh, very quickly, you see that you can just farm these up to uh, to finish the game. Yeah, no, it's really it's really incredible how it, how it works. And that is really, I think you explained pretty well the... The, the essential ingredient for really getting past that phase of the... If anyone's played the game casually, you'll know that you you have to spend a while just building up your criminal empire and getting all these assets and, you know, doing the missions to make the assets generate cash. And that's uh, really, you know, really for the most part skipped, of course, in the uh, in the any percent no SEC speed run. But let's talk about uh, a run that I know you are a big advocate for and also you've been pretty involved in. Uh, and I, I certainly, I think you've... I, I, I don't know how much you're responsible for, for tech in any percent no SSU, but I know that you have had a hand in routing for all missions. Uh, do you want to talk about what made you get into Vice City All Missions and then maybe just talk about some of your contributions there? Right. So um, during the early days of, of GTA, GTA Speed aren't really a thing that uh, took form in 2013. Uh, certainly it took form earlier. I think the first... Uh, there were segmented runs. Um, this was this was around the time, many many years ago, when like a two hour run was considered too long to just sit down and do. <laughs> Clearly, this is um, something that has changed, right? So, um, any percent no no SSU at the time was was known as just straight up any percent because we didn't know about the unholy ways you can destroy the game and just skip right to the end, but. Um, when when things started to get real, I would say when this stopped being uh, necessarily uh, a speed run where you just grind money and kind of hop, skip, and jump to the end after an hour and a half of doing very intended things. Instead, it turns out you know we can we can bypass some of this. This is getting really interesting. We can break down the game in various ways, play it in ways that was not intended. When that all started to unfold. The most of the attention, of course, was on just any percent. Just well, how fast can we just straight up beat the game? And that's where all the excitement and focus was. Now, uh, it was it was a time when um, this I would say the the art of <laughs> running this game was not so refined. So you had uh, a lot more outdated runs in categories like Amish, in categories like a hundred percent, where 
things are advancing very, very quickly over at any percent, but in all missions, it's not taking form as fast because there's just more shit to do there. And it doesn't make sense in the whirlwind of progress to really try and route something out when all of that effort could go to waste tomorrow with some other optimization. So when the dust settled, um, I was one of the folks that went back kind of kind of garnered some ideas from from people like like Poundnet and other top runners at the time where it's like oh what if we uh, for example took phone calls on this mission and we we that was an idea we didn't have a way to get there we didn't have a way for that to unfold in the run so um, I I developed that the tactic of um, having a rampage expire on all hands on deck by having it by starting a rampage with auto side and then playing playing it again on auto side and then that expires in your hands on deck that's extremely ancient ancient stuff that is not how it is done in any way shape or form <laughs> now and it, it's actually god awful to even think about doing it that way because of just how antiquated that is um we've certainly found more ways to kind of um you know stretch the game a bit at its ends maybe not snapping it entirely in half, but certainly ways that things are much faster now. Um, this was a time before Instapasses really got real. Uh, I don't even know when Instapasses first took form. I think it might have been 2015. Um, but yeah, so that was probably the biggest routing project I've done was sit down and string together Vice City all missions. Uh, and that's I think that's a really unique thing because Grand Theft Auto speedrunning can be extremely freeform uh, compared to other games, I think, uh, especially Vice City, because Vice City is literally at some point nonlinear. Uh, you get halfway through the game, you now have the Criminal Empire. As PMC mentioned, you build that up. And... Uh, the game just kind of nudges you in that direction and then just leaves you alone. So as speedrunners, that's really interesting. Uh, that's a really unique environment, I think. Um, there are some obvious things where it's like, oh, mission A is here, mission B is right next to it. That's obvious. Like That, that leap is totally fine. But what about when you're dumped in the middle of the ocean after all hands on deck? What do you, what do, you do? What is fast? You know? That sort of thing. What what phone calls do you have at that point in the game? Because phone calls progress story unlocked missions. And the way those are unlocked isn't not always necessarily clear. It's not always necessarily linear. linear. There's a lot of different ways this run can take form. So um, that's something I sit down and did. And I routed it. And uh, I it's some, something I eventually had the top time in uh, with my route. And it was cool to see other people put that to use as well. Um Nowadays, uh, a lot of that route is obviously super, super outdated. But some of that remains, uh, you know, speedrunning routes can come sort of this like patchwork Frankenstein thing where it's like you just collaborate and years and years and years pass and you just have here's the work of many, many people. Even though you might slap one or two names together on the front and say this route was done by so and so you know it's still using ideas from many many people 
even even people that we perhaps have forgotten the name of. I, I don't know who the name of the viewer that told Josh to get on the train and snail trail. I don't know that person's name. They changed that mission forever. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's a phenomenal change. Good grief. It's very, very good. So I think it's uh, I think it's GTA and, and Vice City and uh, you know, my, my history of law missions is especially unique in that sense. No, I think it's a really good point about speedrun routes too, is that, you know, people often talk about how it's collaborative, but there is the issue of how time and the fact that a new runner will come in and maybe if you're lucky, uh, there is a tutorial specifically meant to teach, but oftentimes you're just working from a VOD and you don't even know. Uh, I mean, certainly, and of course that's even true across language barriers. I recently had the experience of, of learning from Japanese VODs. So I really, I don't even know names. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watched this person's video. I don't know who it is. Uh, but they seemed like they did a good job. I wanted to ask, at, at what point in all missions did the the state of the game become so corrupted that towards the end of the run, light posts just fall over for no reason? Uh, so in some ways, that is a misconception. In oh, okay. some ways. Please correct me then. Uh, that effect where light posts just fall over is specifically a result of... I'm going to upset somebody who knows more than this. <laughs> that is a result, I believe, of starting the mission Bombs Away twice. The bombs Away do. I believe that's what it is. Perhaps you remember the days even before the Japanese version of the game. Uh, I, think, I think you were around that time, maybe lurking in the shadows. I was I've been lurking in speedrun streams since 2012, but it took me like four years to speak up. That's hey, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, I, I'm not here uh, demanding an apology for that. But uh, before the Japanese version became a thing, mm-hmm. um, and that became a thing because offsets uh, agreed more, let's say, in that version. But in international, the international version, the Steam version, the retail version, um. The methodology of farming assets and getting getting that counter up was different. You'd start um, hit the courier five times, and then you would have that mission running five times on top of one another. And the uh, one of the effects of that was uh, something known as disco lights, where the uh, the street lamps and I have no idea why or how, but they would change color. Like the the light they're casting would just be like would would be disco lights. It'd go from like white to blue to red to yellow to green. I don't know how. I've never seen that effect anywhere else in the game. That's just a thing that would happen at that state um, because of how corrupt it is. And the lamppost would of course fall over. But uh, yeah, PMC is speaking to uh, just sort of the uh, insanity uh, about about Vice City and how it can unfold. You know this this conversation we're, we're we're talking a lot about, uh, like I said, really nuanced specific things. Uh, you hear this conversation, and you don't know anything about the game. You wouldn't even think it's about Grand Theft Auto because it just doesn't sound like your intended Grand Theft Auto experience. And I think that's a great thing when when the game can sort of just become its own game. Thanks to uh, thanks to speedrunning and the various ways you can interact with the game as a result of just how deep uh, you can go down that rabbit hole. Certainly, there's a lot more games that uh, are a lot more surface level 
And in some ways, I liken Vice City sort of to Ocarina of Time in this way. That's a very visible, popular game that, when broken down, often looks nothing like what one would usually experience. Vice City can be a lot like that. And it doesn't feel like it's always a part of that conversation. And that's why I'm sort of, as PMC describes, a, a big advocate for something like All Missions. You know, I would, I would love to bring All Missions to uh, GDQ for the first time in six-ish years because, oh my god, it's totally different. And if people think 80% no SSU is insane, they're going to lose their minds during some of these All Missions tricks. Do you want me to tell you the answer to when the last time All Missions was at GDQ? I think it was, I, I, I'm going to guess, SGQ 2013. Pretty close. Wow. Uh, AGDQ 2014, of course it was Adam AK. Yeah. No. And a time of uh, three hours, three minutes, and 23 seconds. Uh, you know, that's... Uh, that impre- For six years ago, that actually sounds pretty reasonable. That was before Replay Tech. Uh, so yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that- no. I was gonna say I, I don't have any problem with this actually. Yeah, no. Um, even, you know, it's it's entirely before the game changed in any regard. You know, it was still I would say uh, the that innocent period of <laughs> we we really didn't know what we were onto yet. I say we. I wasn't a part of this yet, but uh, it's it's fun to think about <laughs> knowing sure. what we know now. <laughs> All right, so so Vice City owns, and clearly it's a top tier speed game with with a big skill ceiling, and lots of tech and lots of history. If you want to see more history, I do recommend looking up uh, English Ben's a history of Vice City any percent video. We've been referring to it as any percent no SSU, but up until when at the SSU exploit was discovered for warping to the end of the game, it really was just any percent. So a lot of you know, a lot of what uh, Fru's been talking about was for a long time just any percent um, before before the SSU exploit came up, and you had a hand in that as well. But again, you can watch English Ben's video on the Vice City any percent world record progression, uh, and I'll get you everything you need to know about that. I want to talk about a different kind of experience. I want to talk about what led you to speedrun Miami Vice, the 2004 video game released only in PAL regions. Yeah, this was uh, this was an era, right? So, um, uh, I've I've been I've been playing GTA for many many years. Of course, I have no uh, you know uh, issues with obviously that. But so sometimes you become disenfranchised with something, and you kind of drift into other lanes just kind of see what's out there, right? Uh, you get tired of pizza, you want to try sushi. I don't know. Um, Vice City, though, I do want to say uh, I will go I will go to war against anybody that says anything otherwise uh one of the hardest speed games of all time and i will die <laughs> for that cause but you know we've we've uh kind of drifted around in speedrunning though speedrunning is a community that has every game ever and that's a good and bad thing but certainly that includes uh what i drifted into the sort of these 3d uh you know how do you how do you call it um GTA clones? I don't know. Uh, so, True Crime New York City is really a game that set off the idea of how bad can it get, but also how good of a speedrun can it be? And so, I had been looking, alongside others, PMC included, uh, for for diamonds, right? 
dig it through the dirt. Um, and and Moby Games is a uh, wonderful search engine for all things um, irrational and uh, undiscovered. So I came across a game I'd never heard of, uh, Miami Vice, which is aesthetically uh, very, very similar to Vice City. Of course, there's there's a lot of influence there. Vice City is a a game influenced a lot by culture of the 80s, uh, Miami Vice, uh, Scarface, you know, these very big 80s icons. So if there was a Miami Vice video game, I feel like I would have known about it. Because I, for sure, I know about the Scarface game. I've still not played that one. Um, but I've not seen a single episode of Miami Vice, nor have I really known of any, any games uh, released with this, uh, you know, uh, licensing. So... I was really, I was really interested. I never, no one had ever mentioned this, so uh, I, I checked it out. I played it. It is uh, not very good. It's a very, very simple game. It's a uh, game published by Davilex and developed by uh, Atomic Planet Entertainment. If anybody knows those names, uh, <laughs> Davilex, uh, a company perhaps known for uh, products that are ha- have a certain reputation i don't i don't I'm trying trying to be gentle i mean it, it <laughs> i basically i would say there was an era of budget game publishing and i think there was a shop that would license that would get licenses and make licensed games at an affordable price yeah for sure uh and miami vice um certainly one of those games it's it's very uh <laughs> it's very it's very simple uh gameplay wise uh the levels are very small the cutscenes are probably voiced by the developers uh the animations are certainly very very stiff there's a, there's a lot of meme factor here and um it was a game that i that i streamed in its entirety on my channel and it was uh, fairly popular people were into it and laughing and as a speedrunner i i was inclined to just try and break it as much as i could and it was difficult. I couldn't. The, the game was very simple, uh, and and as I've discussed with with my friend PMC before, a game is going to need features for those features to be broken. A problem I still encounter in one specific game and others, but in Miami Vice, I just cannot find a way to really adequately uh, sequence break it to my liking uh, until <laughs> uh, a door. I just phased through it. It was astoundingly easy, and that sort of snowballed, and there was a huge whirlwind of people. Um, I say, I say, huge. I mean, barely a dozen, <laughs> but it, it, enough people, right? Like to to have uh, to have this this go off, sort of with a game that no one had really ever heard of before, was uh, was excellent. And we uh, collectively, as a community. Uh, destroyed it. We we ruined that game. Really? Uh, oh, shoot that up so quick. Oh my god. <laughs> it was glorious. Things would. It's, it felt like someone found something new every ten minutes. You know, it's it's a it's a game that went from having a speed run time of forty uh, ish, forty five, forty seven minutes, maybe, kind of fairly playing it straight, pretty much just playing it out as you would. That, that went down to under under ten minutes. 
very very quickly around around the 12 10 to 12 minute mark very quickly at least uh and then from there jorpy in his um uh godspeed to him <laughs> just grinding out that sub 10 truly a legend to, to grind out i i couldn't even believe that i i think i had done like a handful of attempts and got like a 12 minute time and said goodbye um but no i mean well, and i think what's what's incredible about it too is that what ultimately ended up happening was that the, the door clip that you found uh, for that first area, which really truly cut a level to almost nothing, uh, eventually it was discovered that basically, like every other door in the game, especially if you put your frame rate up to like you know two forty or something, right? Every other door in the game could have the same thing done to it. Yeah, it was really uh, astoundingly easy it's actually it's it's kind of crazy that i that i even found that because i was i was very intent on playing with like maybe 30 30 at least 60 fps something like that because the game did not just limit your frame rate uh and then you play it on you know hardware that has advanced 16 years and you're, it's going to get a little out of control uh the the frame rate was so high i couldn't really properly move when uh when starting the game which it was a real bitch to get running and i think that is uh, a huge hampering and in the potential it had, but uh, it's really not not something I'm <laughs> necessarily out here demanding people play. Uh, it's no Vice City. It's not even a true crime, New York City. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was awesome. It was it was cool to just watch that unfold in in real time. It's a it's a real um, love letter, sort of to speedrunning when that sort of yeah. thing happens. Honestly. Uh, just everybody coming together, breaking shit. Yeah, I, I think it really speaks to the process of, you know, always be on the lookout for new games uh, to, to speed run. And also, you know, as you learn more about how to exploit video games, you know, keep that in mind for, for each new thing you do. The one, one other bit of tech I wanted to highlight from Miami Vice is how the game ends. Do you remember who found the final boss skip? That was was it, Kabali? I think it was. I think so. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to explain the the whole situation? Because the casual play, as I think you said, is pretty straightforward and pretty reasonable, except for this final level. Yeah, the final boss was a real real pain. Um, he has a very powerful gun, and he is very accurate with it. Uh, so you have to be very meticulous in how you navigate the level. It's it's the game ends on a rooftop. And you kind of go around the stage in a painstaking uh, counterclockwise fashion, effectively ending back where you started. Um, and so I sort of developed a very consistent way to get around the stage. And uh, it took some time because not only was there this boss character, there was a lot of dudes in addition on the rooftop, also trying to end your life. One of them with a grenade launcher. Uh, at some point, I thought, okay, there's got to be another way to do this because kind of chasing the boss around the stage uh, is very dangerous even with all of the setups I had found where it's like, stand here, you got a good angle on him. This blocks you from a lot of line of fire from others. That sort of deal. So, uh, I realized he would advance around the stage when he takes uh, certain damage. 
he didn't always take damage, it was kind of inconsistent, but uh, you could snipe him kind of from afar with locking on and using your, your M4 or whatever, and he would advance around the stage. And then you could get to certain uh, advantage points where you could see him, you could snipe him, he'd move around. So, uh, at some point, uh, he, gets, he gets to an area that's kind of hard to, to reach him. So instead of going around the stage as intended, which spawns a lot of dudes, including the grenade launcher dude, I was like, let's just go backwards. Can you just go backwards? You can go backwards, actually. So, <laughs> so, so here we are. You know, I spent a lot of time on this last stage just trying to make it consistent because it was by far the longest and most difficult part of the run. Eventually, I find, okay, we can kind of do this backwards. We can kind of break out of the intended route a little bit. Uh, nothing finicky, nothing weird, no clips or anything. Just kind of going in places on the stage that uh, are not used in, in intended ways or even ways at all. There's a lot of empty space in that level. But uh, anyway, I got I got it pretty consistently. And it was it was fast. It was like two minutes faster than perhaps going the intended way was doing, you know, the backwards way. Uh, and then Cavalry comes along and uh, he has a faster way. And it's kind of the real punchline device city. It's really when you contextualize it, it's it's incredible. Um, I put up the video that Cavalry uh, sent to the Discord, the Miami Vice speedrunner Discord, and um, just want to paint paint the scene for you. It's oh please, it's <laughs> you know it's kind of a it's kind of a muddy looking rooftop. All right, the color palette is not too tasteful uh, or, or vibrant. Uh, the skyline is very pixelated because the graphic they're using doesn't have a lot of resolution. And, of course, if you get up to the edges of the roof, you can see very far beneath the level, and most of it is black void going down. So, uh, there's no music, and there's just the sound of, uh, what's the, what's the name of the character, man? Crockett? Crockett. There's just the sound of Crockett's footsteps, and it's not a very good sound. It's kind of, it's kind of like dress shoes on tile sound uh tick tack tick tack tick tack so he he starts up the video he runs backwards away from the boss tick tack tick tack tick tack into this corner kind of vibrates through the corner falls into the void and the level complete screen comes up in just dead silent and i think one unlocked <laughs> and it says one unlocked on it one being the final boss you Congratulations, you've unlocked his art in the uh, character viewer, whatever, model viewer that is included in the game for some reason. At any rate, I really think that is just a great way to contextualize Miami Vice speedrunning is silent falling through the void to bypass everything that made the level interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, that's really it, it, it. I'm so glad that that run ends that way too, because otherwise it really is just mostly door clipping. There's one or two clips that are arguably a little more set up, like the ghost ship clip, but 
Uh, for the most part, it really is just that. But it is, it's a beautiful little 10-minute speed run. As I said, uh, the run that I studied uh, you know, in preparation, I, I had run the game myself, but um, was the Shots Fired Resurrection, which was the marathon debut and, and might, might, might be the only marathon appearance. <laughs> uh, you know, unless, unless GDQ is really, really thirsting for Miami Vice. Uh, which I yeah. do believe you you have submitted it for for SGDQ 2020. I did submit uh, it. But I I also I, I timed uh, the amount of cutscenes that you skip in that run. Uh, not all the cutscenes you encounter in the entire game, but just in the route. And it's like 11 minutes, so I submitted that as a little goofy incentive, maybe for awful awful block if they would like. Um, but yeah, uh, one thing I want to touch on real quick, the, the strat of falling into the void on the final boss level, for some reason, obviously completes the game. I think something to do with maybe despawning him, whatever. But um, it takes about 10 seconds. So, you know, 5 minutes to 3 minutes to 10 seconds. It, just falling through the void, Victor. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, the, the the door clips and clips like that really do skewer the game. I mean, there's there's one level where, where we spawn in front of a door and we're supposed to go into a building and do stuff, but y- you can just clip through the door behind you and that ends the level immediately. Which is great um, because the mission that mission starts with a cutscene of uh, your partner driving you up wildly to the building, and it's just like really scared. It's this hot red, whatever. It's hot red, red car. And then it cuts to the level, and you just turn around and leave. And the same thing happens. He just drives up to pick you up and storm off wildly into the sunset. It's excellent. Yeah, I just forgot forgot my lunch at home. Yep. You know, didn't pack a lunch <laughs> for the day. Really in a panic to get out of there. It's awesome. Uh, all right, let's start. Let's start uh, wrapping things up. So we got a few things to finish off here. This is a podcast interview series, uh, and what that means is that I like to add a little connective tissue. Um, now, previously, the first five of these interviews uh, were done specifically under the the guise of uh, of Mecha speedrunning. Now, with the, with this one, I'm I'm sort of broadening, uh, moving out into other other pastures. Uh, so, what but what what that means is that I have a question from my previous guest for you. Oh, and I'm going to get from you a question on any speedrun related thing. For my next guest, who you don't know who that's going to be. I don't know who that's going to be. All right. Okay. So the question for you is, what if you if you could get a modern crossover of Armored Core and something, what would something be? <sighs> yeah, yeah. you see, um, I, I don't have terribly much uh, investment in Armored Core. I, I think it is... Mm-hmm. I've Most of my exposure, if not all of it, has been through watching your stream PMC and, and watching your speedruns, and I, I think it's great. I think it's very uh, visually engaging. Um, you've touched on it a bit. The out-of-bounds clip uh, stuff uh, has been very fun to watch. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a series I've personally not played, but I think it is a really cool sort of uh, simulator. So if I can get a modern crossover of armored core and something else i'm half tempted to make something that is your worst nightmare because i know uh you would probably jump right on it with the armored core branding and then probably immediately hop off of it well let's see hmm right i mean there's an obvious answer here (laughs) and you know it's the one i don't want oh something like dark souls i mean right yeah whatever um (laughs) that's that's the obvious boring answer I don't know. How about um, Armored Core and Full House? 
I'd like to see oh. I'd like to see John Stamos sort of play this Commander Shepard esque role um, in the dystopian future of 2020. But also have to be, uh, uh, you know, to, to raise young children as well. <laughs> have to be a positive influence on the youth, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah no, yeah. that's extremely fair. On that note, uh, going forward into the future, are there any any upcoming uh, games or, or series that you are excited about for the future that you're, you're thinking like, oh man, like, you know, obviously Vice City is, you know, my, my number one, but in the future, I really... I'm excited for this thing that's coming out. Uh, media I am looking forward to. Uh, man, what am I looking forward to? I, I got to be honest. I've, I've not been terribly interested in the future of, of Grand Theft Auto. Um, uh, it's a topic we brush up on a lot in my stream. As I play a lot of Grand Theft Auto, you get a lot of Rockstar Games enthusiasts. You get a lot of people speculating on on uh, their grand vision of what is to come in GTA 6. And it's certainly a game I will play when it comes out. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, moving forward with games as a service, it kind of becomes hard for speedrunners who are interested in these uh, perhaps isolated uh, single-player, just very, very obvious experiences where the lines are drawn and you can play around within that. Uh, I think that's going to become difficult for us to really be engaged with moving forward. And uh, it's it's something that you know I'm kind of turned off to. Certainly, I will still play it. I will still probably very much enjoy it. I played Red Dead Redemption Two, and that was great. But man, ah, media media that is coming out. What is what is coming out? What 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 would you answer, PMC? While while I think of I, my own, uh, I think what I'd answer right now. I mean, I think the number one thing that I'm still excited about, just being a, a mech fan and a JRPG fan, is the kind of ongoing project of the Trail series. Like I know I just finished Trails of Cold Steel three, so that's a big one for me. I also think the other thing is that there's a there is you know you mentioned that I'm a big person on Armored Core, and even though FromSoft. Uh, isn't meeting that demand there's a lot of indie games in that space that are really uh building up uh you know in the next few years so it's interesting i think the i think the rise of indie gaming for playstation one type era looking stuff uh i think that's a big thing and it's, it's big and horror right now but i think it's getting to other genres you know in particular the mech warrior armored core style games um, and so I'm excited about that. I think that's uh, a lot of the stuff that I pay the most attention to in terms of new games is that, that indie space stuff and then also some of these ongoing series that I'm really into. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, this is all well and good. Uh, honestly, um, my answers, I, I've come up with a couple that uh, might might surprise you. Um, uh, honestly, I don't, I don't, a lot of people are jonesing about like cyberpunk that eh, sure i mean yeah i don't know uh i do think i do think death stranding will be good on the piece i think that would be better ps generally generally uh i don't know i i find myself annoyed with uh limitations of at least the current generation console with at least the the hardware the fps the resolution this sort of thing so death stranding on the pc will, will be an experience that unlocks it, right uh crusader kings 3 I, I am looking forward to. I'm always excited about the next Paradox game. I've played a lot of, uh, not a lot of, 
Stellar up, Stellaris DK2. Uh, uh, but I did I did play some Hearts of Iron 4 back in the day with uh, with a buddy of mine in high school, and that was that that was a good time. So looking forward to some Crusader Kings 3. Um, and uh, there's rumors going around about a, a maybe a Bloodborne, a, even a Demon Souls PC release. Uh, I would be extremely interested in both of those. I've, I've played all the Souls games uh, except Demon Souls, um, and truly, uh, truly a grating experience at times. But I think one that is uh, really engaging and one that you will probably never find interesting yourself, and that is all well and good. But yeah, I think I think uh, oh. American Truck Simulator DLC. Idaho is coming. All right, time to move on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that is actually I'm, literally on that note. I'm like, nope, time to wrap up. We're kill- killing this. Perfect. Uh, please, sir. Uh, where should people find you? What what is the what is the content uh, oh, that people I'm... should be looking for? Let's see. I'm on uh, I'm on Twitch most days. Twitch.tv slash Casey Please please. Uh... Follow me on, on, on Twitter, twitter.com slash KZFru. I, I, I have a Twitter feed. It's very good. No, I promise you, actually, I might I am probably one of the uh funniest people on the internet. So check that out. I'm on I'm on YouTube. Um sometimes uh once twice every three months I I, I post there and uh, there's been some good content. I did a video with PMC about um about his uh beloved speed game, Die Hard Nakatomi Plaza. Uh, I think, uh, at what point did you want to get a question out of the, the connective tissue, as you mentioned? Oh, um, shoot. I almost forgot yeah, about saving, that. Saving God you. damn it. Yeah, okay. Where's your question, Buster? Uh, let's see. My, 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 my question. If you could combine two video game consoles, what would it be? Because I would okay. probably take the game and watch and the virtual play mash that together uh and just end, end up uh create ruining. the greatest commercial flop of all time <laughs> you imagine putting your head on that headset and just seeing game and watch in all his red red glory very good all right i need one i need okay so i need you to help me end the interview okay and the, and the way i need you to do that is i'm gonna say I'm gonna say like uh, like oh we got yeah we got to get out of here. But the name of the podcast is Overboost, so I need you to do your, like your best like rocket booster jet engine noise to end the interview. Are you are you ready? <clears throat> um, uh, I have uh, my girlfriend Broseph next to me. I'm I'm gonna make some noise. Okay, <laughs> all right. I don't even know if she heard me. It's fine. All right, all right. I'm ready. All right, we need to boost out of here. Oh, <laughs> my